0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On The Line. I took a slight hiatus for my own mental health, but I am back with loads of new episodes. We'll be coming at you with new episodes every single Monday. And my first guest back in the studio with me is the one, the only facialist to the stars. Do you hate that term?
2: It's a bit cringy, isn't it? It's a bit cringy,
0: (laughs) but it's Sarah Chapman.
2: Yay, thank you
0: for having me by oh, the way. It's it, so good to see you. It is such a pleasure. I just want to say before we start really getting into it that the first time I ever had a facial at your you don't call it a salon, do you? Clinic. Clinic. Yeah. Clinic. I was so impressed with the results and it was probably one of the first like real facials that I had and I left and I looked I remember taking an Instagram video and being like guys I just had this facial look at my skin and everyone was so like couldn't believe my skin. And that's exactly how I felt. There's something about your facials. When people say, where do I go for a facial in London? I'm always like Sarah Chapman. Right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's true. though. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it's about results. So everything that I've ever done was about getting results and then trying to do that in a beautiful way. Yeah. So the facials, they're very technical. You know, you could be laying in a very clinical room, with bright lights and a doctor's coat and it's that's the type of treatment that you're getting but instead of that you've also got beautiful oils and smells and cashmere blankets yes. and the experience because especially today in the whole sort of like crazy lifestyle you need that moment of calm and that experience and the kind of loving yourself bit of it as well as the clinical skin treatment. Right. So the reason your skin hopefully looked so glowy and so radiant is because the treatment is really first and foremost about results.
0: Right. I remember I actually did fall asleep during it. Mm. I couldn't help it cuz that the beds you guys have.
2: Yeah, so the beds really comfortable. It's oh. the heated blankets, oh my it's the gosh. duvets, it's
0: the cashmere blankets. Well, Yeah, it was just amazing. And you know what I just bought and I just used it for the first time last night was a weighted blanket.
2: Oh, I've, never tried, I've one. never tried that.
0: It's basically a blanket that's heavy. It's seven kilograms. Right. And it's supposed to be like it helps with anxiety and stress and stuff like that. right? And you put it on you and it's just it, it reminds me of that feeling you get when you're in a really comfortable facial bed. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a bit
2: of pressure on top of you. It's really nice. Yes. Because like, you one of those people that can't sleep with a sh- just a sheet on yes. in the summer. So it could be boiling hot. Yes. But you can't kind of lay with nothing that's over the me. top or the sheet. I know. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm the yeah, same. I don't know why that is. You need the is. kind of comfort factor it, of it for some reason like a
0: sheet or a duvet makes me feel safe at night yeah like those you know those scary monsters aren't going to be able to get yeah in, i totally <laughs> get a it right so i have to confess sarah i don't actually know much about you and i'm somebody Ooh. who doesn't do the the most research <laughs> but it's because i like to hear it from the person so obviously you're a facialist but mm-hmm. i don't really know your
2: your story or where so. it all started yeah i don't or... really know A long time ago, Um, yeah, I was lucky because actually when I left school, I discovered just as I left school, I was put on a sort of secretarial course to learn to type because nobody knew what to do with me, Um, and during that I met a girl who had studied makeup in London, so I suddenly discovered there was actually a world of beauty that you could train in, and it wasn't just geography and history and maths and the usual kind of subjects that you studied at school. So um so the first thing I ever did is, is I I was went to boarding school in Canterbury. So the first thing I did is moved to London. And I went to school to study makeup. Ooh. So that was my insight into beauty.
0: And, and had you ever had any like interest in makeup
2: and beauty before that, really? Yeah. You were in I it. was always in trouble. Yeah. So I was always the person with purple streaks in my hair, too much makeup. I'd spend my Saturdays in Superdrug or boots, <laughs> and I'd buy every kind of color, every makeup. How many colors could I get on my eyes? Completely. Um, so at school, if there was ever sort of parents meeting, it was always like, well, we're always interested when Sarah comes to class <laughs> to see what she's going to look like today. And I so. bet you, boarding school in Canterbury really was something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. So definitely I was always kind of that way inclined, which is strange now because I'm really quite sort of yeah looking. Yeah, um,
0: you look like a normal so, person.
2: Uh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Whatever normal is. Yeah. I had, uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with makeup. So when I discovered you could actually train and then potentially work in it, I thought it was amazing. Right. So I came to London and I studied kind of fashion makeup, so doing kind of photographic shoots and everything. And a lot of the people that we worked on during my course had acne skin, problem skins, redness with their skin. Um, and we spent a lot of time learning how to actually cover up the skin and make it look flawless for the photograph. Mm-hmm and there was a lot of less a lot less of airbrushing also in those days and we were training to be makeup artists so it was about us creating the perfect skin for the picture rather than just doing the picture and then the photographer touching it up mm-hmm. afterwards so i think that was the first time that i really started to think about skin as opposed to makeup but i carried on my makeup training and i actually went to australia and i trained in special effects so we did blood, guts and gore, I did horror movies, That's we did, fun. I mean, I remember, <laughs> one of the things that we had to do was create a, a hand, literally, that had been sort of chopped off for a horror movie, and uh, so I, you have to make it out of latex and cotton buds for the sort of bones, and they, they can look and feel quite realistic, um, and I wrapped it in a shoebox, in a lot of tissue, and gave it to my mum for Christmas. That's funny. That was fun. Um, so, <laughs> what <laughs> sorry, was her mom. reaction? <laughs> Screamed and threw <laughs> it across the room.
0: Well, you must uh, have been so proud of it. That yeah. Was, like, how long does it take you to make a hand, a severed hand? It was it was
2: quite a while. Yeah. But easier than it seems. Okay. Um, so, so I was very much on the makeup side. That was kind of the early part of my career. But then when I came back to London is when I got into more the sort of holistic and skincare, And I actually originally trained in aromatherapy, so I did massage, which is where I think that whole kind of real massage part of the facial evolved from. Mm. So it wasn't coming from the facial side, it was actually coming from my original training, which was as a, an aromatherapist and as, as a massage See. expert.
0: That does make a lot of sense, actually, just having experienced the treatment
2: now several, several times. Yes. Well, it's like you were saying earlier, the falling asleep. Well, we do a really methodical massage, which I've developed over the years, which is intense. It's like gymnastics. I always say it's like a piece of music. You kind of start with this slow, gentle, and it builds up and it's fast and it's like percussion and it's exciting and it's vigorous. But at the same time, it's really relaxing. I
0: really want to talk about this, actually, because... um, I think for people who maybe have never experienced a facial like yours where you talk about it in that musical way, that's such a good way to put it because you're experiencing it and it's a full sensory experience when you get this facial. And if I wouldn't be filming the person doing it, because that's my job obviously,
2: I would have no idea how they
0: what is making that feeling on my face.
2: Yeah, and actually we get asked a lot, what machine was that that yeah. you used? And it's not a machine, it's our hands. And when I take on any new facialists, because now we have a big team, we've got nine treatment rooms in the clinic. um, So we train people for six weeks when they come in every tiny detail of that massage. And people do think it feels like a machine but it's because it's so methodical it's hitting the right points of the skin we're working on lymphatic drainage muscle manipulation really manipulating the tissue of the face so you get that incredible lifted open kind of look to the skin afterwards but it is incredibly relaxing yeah and that's kind of part of what the facials have become known for oh my god your massage people say and, and it's Does it help? Does it really
0: help? I know everybody always says like lymphatic drainage and facial massage and blah, blah. But does it really help? This is what I need to know. It does.
2: It (laughs) does. Listen, I could sit with somebody and I could maybe get some olive oil or some avocado oil and massage their face and I could get a really good result.
0: How long does facial massage actually last for? Is it just like the couple hours after your facial or? Um,
2: it's Well, it depends, really, because it kind of depends on the skin. But actually, you're doing something much deeper than just an instant visual result. So you will see a result, and your skin will probably be glowing for two or three days from from the actual massage. But you're actually working to improve the health of the skin. So, you know, as we get older, as our skin becomes challenged by the environment, by sort of life in general... Everything that sort of works in the skin slows down. So your production of collagen from your fibroblast cells slows down. Um, there's a lot of activity that starts to sort of accelerate into an aging process, which is basically meaning that it's all slowing. If we massage, we're almost kick-starting that. So we're boosting blood flow to every single cell. Mm. That's bringing nutrients to the cell. It's helping to remove waste from the cell. So it's actually looking at it from a much more long-term health perspective. That's interesting. So you might think, well, I looked really glowy for a day or two and that was great, but that's it. But it isn't because what's going on is much deeper and it's much more this long term, getting your cells functioning really well, helping to drain toxins. The lymphatic drainage part of it is really helping to remove all the toxins, all the fluids that are sitting in the skin that is basically waste that you need to get rid of. And again, because everything's slowing down, that's sitting and it's stagnant and that's what's causing maybe puffy eyes, puffiness on the jawline, your skin looking a bit dull. And if you can help to shift that through mm-hmm. by manually supporting the skin so you're not doing anything that's unusual, you're just actually helping it. I
0: see. Then your skin is
2: going to be performing and looking much better.
0: How often should you be ideally having a facial?
2: In an ideal world, you'd be doing it every month. Oh, wow. So you'd be having a facial every four weeks or so because we want to also work with the cell turnover cycle right so in order to do something with your skin that's going to have a long lasting impact and is going to be able to change your skin we kind of need to work on a regular basis to get there Mm -hmm. that's not to say that if actually you only wanted to have a facial once a year as your treat for your birthday or maybe you're given one as a gift and you can't do it for, for the rest of the year for whatever reason still have that facial because it's still a really good way to a, relax, and B, address any issues that are on the skin. And sometimes it's more of a consultation and prescriptive process, talking to somebody who's an expert, Right. find out if your skin's changed, change up your routine at home maybe, because mm. actually what you were using isn't relevant anymore. Mm. So it's worth doing even if you do it once a year. But if you really want to do something that's improving your health of your skin, fighting back environmental challenges and aging signs and everything else and once a month is what we would recommend before we get back to your story which i know is
0: what i'm actually interested in i just need to ask about these tools that everybody's using at home these rollers these i don't know if you say gua sha i never know how to say it is that you oh say
2: yeah it? uh i think so something like that i'm gonna Guash, say gua sha. gua sha do those help those um any massage will help okay yeah I think those tools, like the the guasha and the rollers, are yeah. more about um, a drainage, I see, kind of effect. So often people will use them cold and use them to kind of lift and sculpt. Yeah, there's only a degree that that's going to work. Okay. Um, anything that stimulates blood flow that makes your cheeks go red. That feels kind of like it's getting deeper into the skin is going to be good from that perspective of oxygenating the cells, feeding with nutrients, and helping the health of the skin. But if it's just a gentle smoothing, it's probably just going to lightly depuff any fluids sitting under the surface of the skin. Uh. OK, I mean, you may remember the device that we launched long, yes. long time ago with I the do, rollers. I do remember the facelift um, that really needs into the muscles, but also gets the blood pumping. Right. So there's so many devices now that range from a small crystal tool to something like that with rollers to devices that you need the app, the plug in, the, everything else that goes I with know. it. Um, And I think people want more now to do something at home for themselves. Yes. So I think that's a great space.
0: Has skincare ever been this big before? I don't think it has. People are obsessed. Yeah. And people know so much more than like, even when I first started blogging, obviously I was much younger and so new to the beauty world, but like, I would not have known what retinol was
2: right even six years ago right yeah the, the yeah the, the customer is so much more savvy and aware yeah. um I think because of the internet mm-hmm. so we can learn so much from that and I think brands have started to talk much more about their ingredients if you go back 10-15 years you just bought a cream yeah. you didn't know what was in it you didn't know why it just was a cream for dry skin or it was a cream for oily skin and that's about as much as you found out now you're told what's in it why? What's that going to do for you? How yeah. do you use it? What do you combine it with? And I think people have become so much more interested about that male, female, no matter what ages, as well. There's a genuine interest in A, what am I putting on my skin? But B, why am I putting it on my skin? Mm -hmm. And what's it actually going to do? Because there are so many things you have to consider. You mentioned retinol. If you're using retinol, you've got to be thinking about how much glycolic or lactic or other ingredients you're putting on because of the actions that they can have. And I think part of that also is because I think products are much more intense and concentrated than they were maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, going back to the severed hand in the box you've built something that's just insane sometimes I walk around and I see your store and I'm like how has somebody just built this amazing yeah sometimes I wonder (laughs) you know (laughs) I think a certain naivety at the beginning you know the best products such a great reputation it's just I just sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my brain around how it was like how'd you get there yeah how'd you get
2: there I think, um, well, after all my sort of studying and then aromatherapy, I did the whole beauty training. So I learned everything about beauty, um, whether it was facials or massage again. I did hairdressing. So basically a full sort of spectrum in the beauty world. Um, I absolutely love it and loved it then. So everything that I did, I was just genuinely really interested in. So if I then discovered there was another course, you know, I didn't go to university. It was all these independent courses. If I discovered then there was another course I could take, I just did it. Yeah. So I just gathered all this knowledge. Um, and then I started working for actually my very first job, I think, was a sort of holiday job where I did agency and Harrods behind the counter. But they put me on men's fragrance, which I knew nothing about. Interesting. But again, it was just that being in the world of beauty. Yeah. Um, and then I worked for a health club. So it was more the treatment side, but I was kind of in the management side of that. And I used to meet with the representatives from skincare companies, nail companies that would come in to talk about their products. Um, and I thought, this is really interesting. And so I left there to go and work for Darfan which was, at the time, quite a small business in right. the UK. Um, and I worked with them as it grew in their sort of sales and training, and so a very different side of the business. Um, but also learned, again, more about facials. And then I went from there to work with Dr. Fernandez, who set up Environ. Ah. And then it was just coming into the UK. So I'm mentioning these two brands because these are the kind of things that shaped, really, I think, my idea in the future, because Darfan was beautiful, aromatherapy, plant-based, amazing-smelling, French, lovely, gorgeous product, which did fantastic facials. And then I went to this brand that was very cosmeceutical, and it was in the early days of cosmeceutical products. And it was very intense on vitamin A, it was antioxidants, the packaging's not so lovely, the smells weren't so lovely, the products didn't have elegant textures to them, but boy, did they deliver results. So for me, I thought, why can't we have a product that has that incredible scientific intelligence in it that can really change people's skin, whether it's the acne or whether it's severe sun damage, the things that they were, they were addressing. But can't it be as gorgeous and pleasurable as it was with the French skincare? Yeah. And that was almost what kind of fused together to, to, in my head to come up with my product range. Right. And then once it was in my head, it wouldn't go away <laughs> <laughs> and i remember saying to somebody one day i've got this idea da, 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 and they just said you know you've just got to do it because if you don't you'll look back one day and you'll think why didn't i do something with that Yeah. now i went into setting up my business not knowing anything about setting up a business
0: oh it seems very daunting
2: yeah but i did but it wasn't okay the weird thing it just wasn't it I had it, it was so clear to me That I think it was, you know, when people talk about sort of entrepreneurs and what happens, and they often say the best entrepreneur is a very naive one that doesn't actually know too much about what they're doing, because that naivety gives you the strength to take the risks, it takes the worry away, it takes the fear away, and if you have fear, it stops you from doing things. So I think for me, it was more about, I can do this, and not in an egotistical way, but just I so knew what that product had to be. And it was such a clear vision in my head. So I literally started by talking to people, being introduced to consultants, sitting around my kitchen table, meeting packaging suppliers, um, trying to work with labs to get the first formulas done. And that's kind of where it all started. I mean, your packaging is the best. Thank you. Don't you think? I I love it. (laughs) I love
0: it. I really like it because it looks like timeless and classic but it's very modern and it's just sits in your bathroom perfectly and it doesn't you know what I mean yeah
2: it's it's very simple but it's very elegant and beautiful and again that was a thing that was just clear in my head as soon as somebody said well what do you want it to look like I said taupe
0: yeah
2: and at that time everybody said what exactly is taupe (laughs) what is a taupe and suddenly of course there's a hundred shades of taupe yeah Um, but it started like that and there were a lot of people that said it's too masculine it's not going to be right. It doesn't look like skincare. Skincare should be white. You know, I had a lot of advice against doing what I was doing, but I had such a, a strong vision of what I wanted that mm-hmm. I just was rebellious and I kind of went against all that. The same with Overnight Facial. When I came up with the name for Overnight Facial, everyone said to me, no, 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 that nobody's going to understand what that means. Now people say to me how much they love the name Overnight oh, Facial yeah. and how it really represents what that product does for you overnight. Oh,
0: let's talk about that product. I think that was maybe one of the first products I've tried from you. Does that make sense?
2: Probably. It was one of the first products I launched okay. in the first six. Yeah. And
0: I remember thinking like, how good could this be overnight? Oh my God. I remember waking up the next morning. And, and I think that's what I remember most about your products. I use them personally, very regularly in my routine, but it's that first time you try it and you're just astounded with the results and then they keep happening. Yeah, <laughs> And you're like, wow. But the Overnight Facial especially, can you explain to everybody listening what that product
2: is and what it does? Yeah, Overnight Facial is almost bottling what I've just been talking about. It's like a scientific serum, but it's also all those brilliant aromatherapy oils, plant oils, amigas, all combined into one product that is really potent. It has your vitamin A, it has peptides, it has antioxidants, it has skin brighteners. But it has gorgeous meadow foam seed oil, baobab oils. It has jasmine, frangipani, tuberose. It's like this exotic sort of mix of a scientific serum with a beautiful aromatherapeutic product. Mm-hmm. And you just put a couple of drops on at night and you wake up and you look like you've had a facial. Yeah. That was the real thinking. So in facials at the time, I was mixing probably eight or so different products together to massage with. Now it's overnight facial. Right. Yeah so it was about right that one's an antioxidant why do i mix that why do i put this one in why have i got the vitamin c and i looked at all the things i was mixing and i thought let's try and get that all in one bottle and that's what overnight facial is and when you're working with labs
0: this is what i'm i'm always so interested in with beauty um, founders, because I imagine you're sitting around the table with whoever is running the lab and you're explaining them what, what you want and what you're trying to get. Are, do they ever come back and say, no, that's not possible? Then you have to say, well, yes, you're, you're, make it happen.
2: Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Actually, in the very early days of doing the development, I worked in for four years in the UK with, I think, four different labs and chemists. And I couldn't get the products how I wanted them. So I actually went to America. And I worked with a lab in the U.S. In, um, near San Francisco, and that's where I got my formulas right. Right. Because they kept saying to me, you can't put that much active ingredients in. And at the time, I wanted—I didn't want to use parabens. I didn't want any synthetic fragrance. There were a lot of considerations that I wanted with the product. And this is what, between 10 and 15 years ago, now it's normal to not have parabens and et cetera, right. et cetera. At the time, it was very challenging. I still wanted the latest, greatest peptide. I still wanted to use vitamin A, but I didn't want it in just to make a claim. I wanted it for effect. So I wanted it in certain doses, which I'd learnt a lot about in the past in the other companies that I'd worked and also working with vitamin A. And there were a lot of people that said, you can't do it. What you're trying to do is impossible. The formulas they were sending me to try were growing mould. They were breaking up. They were separating And it's because they couldn't then use the parabens to stabilize and to preserve what Mm. I was trying to get in because it was so much. Then I wanted the natural elements put into it as well. So it took a long time, a lot of work, but I went and I found somewhere in the States. And actually, they really understood what I was trying to do. And I work with them in the lab. So during the time that we talked about earlier in my career, I also studied cosmetic science. So when this little nugget in my head started to happen about product... I thought, well, I can't pick a product up and tell you what it means on the back. Yes. I couldn't understand an inky list. So I went and did a degree in cosmetic science so that when I came to talk to the chemists, I could talk to them in a way that they would understand. Yeah, But I mean, one of the chemists actually that I worked with, and I still, um, I still think of him very fondly and working with a lot of the early products, he always said I taught him so much about the aesthetic of a product Because I spend a lot of time in the lab putting it on my face saying, feel this, it's balling off. Can you feel this? It's sticky. Can you feel this is dragging? Can you feel the texture of this? Can you feel this feels like it's building up? That's something that they as chemists don't really look at. Mm -hmm. They're looking at the the paper formula and they're looking at how they can get the emulsifiers mixed with the waxes, get the ingredients in, what order are they doing it in to create the product of a sort of texture that you're asking for. Whereas with him and with Overnight Face, I said, I want it to feel like there's a layer of cashmere on your skin. So when it goes on it doesn't feel like an oil it's this sort of bouncy soft cashmere Mm -hmm. so working if you can work really closely with somebody like that they've got expertise that obviously i don't have and then i've got this different sort of vision and understanding also of the skin and what the customer's looking for
0: what i'm hearing and this is something that i've been trying to come to terms with my own personal life is that you really have to put the work in yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's true (laughs) i think like even in the past couple of years i've realized that nobody is doing this work for you there's not you're not going to wake up and something's going to happen you have to do that course you have to take that time on the weekend and do all of these things it's if you really want to
2: make something it, it's a lot of work yeah you've <laughs> got to do your seven days a week yeah. for years and years At until least. you yeah At and least. you've got to put other things aside and really focus but if so it's if it's not something that you really want to do Kind of don't go there. Oh, my gosh. But if you really have a passion for something, it doesn't feel like work. What did you feel like you set aside when you started your business? Gosh, I don't know. Everything, Is that I hard? Qu- should I not ask that question? No, oh, I think <laughs> kind of everything. I, yeah. Really, I, I think for years, certainly for the first 10 years,
0: yeah. it's been
2: all about the business. Yeah. I was very lucky, though, because my partner at the same time had just set a business up sort of a couple of years before. So he was on his own trajectory of of business and running that and spending time on that. And I was so it wasn't like with some situations where one person is saying, well, why do you have to work on Saturday? Why have you got to do that tonight? Yeah, we were both on the same sort of path. So it was very easy to exist together and to do it and to really focus on our business because we had a natural understanding of it for each other of
0: what that demand really is. I think like even in my my dating life, my mom said to me the other day, she's like, you need to date someone who doesn't work so much. I was like, But I work so much. And exactly that. I I don't want to date someone who's, you know, at home waiting for me to be home at dinner at six when that is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because then that's where the frustrations come in. Absolutely. But then I also toy with, well, work isn't everything. But it is such a passion.
2: Yeah. And I think... I mean, you put the time in when you've got to put the time of in. Course. And then there's times that it changes. There's a yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, you know, it started with me. Then there was two of us. Then there was three of us. Yeah. And we sometimes look back over the sort of year plans. And and we kind of look at how many people at each point we had in the business. Now, I think in, in my product business, we're 26, 28 people. Wow. And in the clinic, 32 people.
0: Oh, my god. So
2: that's a lot of people now. So it does mean that it doesn't take off the the time that's needed from you, but you don't have to do everything yourself anymore. Right. So at the beginning, I was managing spreadsheets of operations. Oh. Where am I shipping my packaging from? The packaging's got to meet the cartons, got to meet the leaflets, got to go to the lab. That's then got to, to fill with the product. We've got to get that here. We've got to get it to Space NK. But the beauty of that is I understand every different element of the business. Now I don't look at any of those spreadsheets, Lovely. which is joyous. <laughs> well, is it, was it hard to give up that control? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And it takes time to you can trust people. Of course. Just because it's your baby. I know. So you have to get good people around you, and then you have to trust them and let them kind of work with things. And then it, it makes it easier
0: for you. Yeah. Trusting people with your baby is hard, though, isn't yeah. it? Also, on a personal note, I was so thankful to receive um, a card from you saying how sorry you were to hear about my dog, Reggie. Oh, I know. That was so touching. I think you were one of the only, like, beauty People in the industry who sent me a card. So oh, really? It meant so much to me. And you have like it was whippets on your or greyhounds on your yeah, card. Yes, that's so. I have a little Italian greyhound. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, well, so I, that, yeah, so I
2: get it. Yeah. You see, because I've fallen in love with little Sydney over oh. the last year. So he's just over eighteen months.
0: Oh my god! And he's a little
2: Italian greyhound. He comes to the office quite a lot, and he's absolutely gorgeous. Oh. He's such a character. So as soon as I heard about Reggie, yeah, it, I felt it oh. because I, I would feel that for Sydney. So it that's, was the yeah. hardest,
0: hardest thing ever. I actually, I haven't announced this publicly yet, but I think I'm going to adopt another dog.
2: Are you? You should. I think so. It's too hard to live without a dog for me. And I think when you've had one and they do, they, you know, they become such a part of you. Yeah. It's just obviously hard to replace one. But you don't ever replace one. You just have another experience with one. Exactly.
0: I mean, I wake up in the morning and there's just no dog there. Like, it's very sad for me. It's always a constant reminder. So I think it's time for me to get another dog. Plus, I have a lot of love
2: in my heart for dogs. Yeah, so you have to get another one. You have to come and meet Sydney. I want to, anytime. He's very naughty. Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I feel like we should talk more about some of your products specifically. So we've already spoken about Overnight Facial, Obsessed. I also love your Hydrating Serum. Okay. Um, That is amazing. I I love the Tinted Moisturizer Mm. with SPF in it. Skin
2: Insurance. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Those are some of my standout products. And in the facial, I also have to say the mask that they do
2: yes what the heavy one yes yeah so
0: it's and your sheet masks are amazing too oh yeah I'm a big fan have you tried the new eye mask I have not Ah. but I saw some pictures on Instagram and I was like
2: wow that's a very interesting it's a sheet mask for your eyes it's a sheet mask for your eyes it's and it's It was another one of those sort of slightly crazy ideas when the team in the office looked at me and went, are you sure? (laughs) So we're looking at sort of how to open up the eyes, how to treat the whole eye area. And for me, because I'm looking at faces, and this is really where every product comes from. It's this face to formula approach. So not sitting looking at what's the latest trend or let's have a marketing brainstorm. It's very much from, right, what are we seeing on faces? And a lot of people are always saying, I want to look less tired. I'm worried about the eye area because I just think we focus on that so much. So I wanted to do an eye mask that was really going to treat the whole area. And you often get with the sheet masks a piece that goes underneath the eye like a little half moon. Sometimes you get it so it also goes onto the lid. But then this piece above the eyebrow is also part of that orbital area. It's all connected. Um, And, you know, people who get frown lines sort of really deep in the center of the brows. This is all connected into one area. So I actually drew on a piece of paper this shape that goes around underneath the eye, over the lid and also over the eyebrow. So we created a very unique sort of special mask and I have to say people are loving it. So oh, I'm really pleased, great results too.
0: Were you, were you nervous to launch that? Like do you get nervous to launch new products?
2: I get interested because mm. I want to see what people think. Yeah. yeah. So and I also I what the, the thing that makes me excited is for somebody to come back and say, "Oh my god, it made a real difference." Yes. So yes, it looks great. It's quite funky looking because it's this silvery mask and all of that is fabulous. But when people then say, "God, I used it and it's amazing." Yeah. That for me is the thing that works because again it's all about results. So that's what makes me feel happy.
0: And it's not even, oh, it's amazing. It worked. It's you are giving somebody confidence. I know that even when I, you know, show my mom a new product or a new skincare thing and she wakes up and puts it on and she's like, oh, I feel great. Like, that is that is really priceless. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it
2: really is. It's it's so true. It's so true. I think we all know how it feels to a have a bad hair day, yes. Or if you get a spot and you're not used to having them, and how conscious you feel about it if you suffer from cold sores. Yeah. So I think that if you can do something for someone that makes them feel good about themselves, it's it's a huge thing. And especially now, because I think people live in a very sort of anxiety-ridden society, um, and people are so concerned about what they're doing, but also how they're looking and everything. So I think just building people's confidence and whether that's through putting on a great tinted product, whether it's through getting your skin into good condition, whatever it is, I think is so important now.
0: Yeah, I I hear a lot of people saying, and you might actually be able to weigh in on this, but they'll say, you know, because I have anxiety. I have I've had anxiety for almost my entire life. Oh my god, it's just so draining. Yeah. Um but a lot of people are like self-care isn't just like doing your skincare every single night. I genuinely feel more relaxed when I do my skincare. I take that time for myself and I wake up the next day and I feel better. So right. for me, I mean, I just it's a pr- it's a crucial part of my mental health care self-care routine. yeah and
2: for some people it might be going for a workout yeah it might be doing a cycle class it might be actually having a hot bath with therapeutic oils and magnesium oh, and all. or that all sort of thing. the above or everything <laughs> but I think something that makes you feel better and it's interesting because I'm working with a charity which is part of the Prince's Trust called Women Supporting Women Oh yeah. and we're supporting young girls who often are, are really suffering from anxiety have maybe come from broken homes, don't have an education, and kind of building up their confidence, but also their their knowledge, their education, so that they can then go out and get jobs in the workplace mm. or set up their own business.
0: Yeah. It must be so daunting to be, you know, growing up in this time. I can just imagine what I would have felt like looking on Instagram at everybody's highlight reel, as they call it, Yes,
2: and thinking, how could I
0: like ever compare to that, you know? Yeah.
2: And why don't I go to these places? Yeah. and I don't have that and yeah. it's it's a sort of big green-eyed monster as well because it it's is. the envy thing that that you kind of have and uh, and that then breeds this sort of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um and I think people have to really believe in themselves and yeah. I'm so much more about that kind of positive thinking and I think that's because I was brought up like that. I was encouraged by my parents to basically believe you can do anything yeah. and hence I had the opportunity to do what I've done and to build my businesses because I was always led to believe, well, yeah, if you want to do it, give it a go and, and, and you can. Yeah. And I think people should believe that in themselves no matter what it is. And it might be that they've got um, an anxiety issue that actually today they don't want to leave the house. Mm-hmm. But you can. You've got to think positively and you've got to do every little step. Yes. It could be that you want to set up this amazing business. You've got this great idea, but you feel fearful of that and that's stopping you from doing it and actually take the fear away what's really going to happen if you try and it doesn't work
0: well sarah what if you want to set up an amazing business but you don't have a good idea that's my current situation.
2: <laughs> I think you're doing pretty well.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I talked to so many like brand founders and so many of them are like, I had this clear vision. I'm like, I have a clear vision that I want to run a business, like a, you know, a separate yeah. business. But I have no ideas. So feel maybe free it to just pass hasn't on. come yet. It hasn't. And I'm taking so many baths and I'm going on runs and I'm trying to think
2: about it and nothing. But maybe you're trying to think too hard. I know. My, my something, brain hurts. Something will just come in. I know. You have to think about where, what, what is it?
0: conversations
2: that can just sort of lead to something and sometimes it's the simplest things whenever I think about this whole sort of entrepreneurial setting up businesses I often think about the person that developed the plastic end on shoelaces (laughs) because apparently there was some guy that developed that and and he didn't have to think hard about that that just came to him but Hmm. what a life-changing sort of thing that was Hmm. I
0: know if only I could think of the next plastic end on a yeah, shoelace. But you know what I mean. I do it's, know what yeah. you mean. I do know. You, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. Oh my god, it feels like everything exists.
2: But it doesn't. But it doesn't. I know. But I have to say, so many people said that to me when I was doing my skincare. How are you ever going to compete with the big brands that are out there? Yeah. How can you do this? What, why why is it going to get noticed? How are you going to be able to do it? There's always a lot of negativity put in front of you yes. that you have to kind of Hurdle over and get past. Mm. I luckily, for whatever reason, didn't listen to any of it. I just it didn't affect me. I didn't even listen. Yeah. Um, And perhaps that was my slightly rebellious purple haired kind of (laughs) philosophy that I'd always had. But I think that you have to kind of take all that away and just think, you know what, there are things, there are things to be designed, developed every single day.
0: This is true. I think even in the beginning of my career, I was a lot more brave than I am now just because I have so many eyeballs on me. Yes. And I think, well, if I fail, that's a lot of people witnessing that.
2: Yes, yes. And I do think that makes it more challenging. But again, you just need to be true to yourself, don't you? And just think, actually. And when you know it's the right idea is when you'll do it. I have the idea in my heart and soul.
0: I feel it on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. So it's coming. It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. I hope it's coming. Have you done this app called um, The Pattern. Do you no. believe in horoscopes and all of this yes. business? Do you actually? Yeah. I don't know if I horoscope's do. Horoscopes a little bit, but I'm quite into psychic stuff. Oh, you should definitely download The Pattern. Okay. It, what this is, is it? This has nothing to do with anything, but yeah. it's a, basically an app you put in your time of birth and place of birth and all this, and it, it does your chart. Okay. And it gives you a notification every single day, like, you know, I
2: I could probably read mine So from telling today. you sort of what you're in store for today?
0: Yeah, or it's like... um. Maybe recently you've been thinking a little bit too much about this, this, and this. Have you considered this mm. way? So so, so I, I think I've been honestly reading the pattern too much. I've been doing too many birth charts, and I'm just like, I'm all over the place looking for inspiration. Okay, so hey, <laughs> you need to shut all that
2: out. <laughs> I know. Are you a yogi? Uh, no, I used to do yoga quite a lot, but I don't anymore. Oh, okay. I always
0: like to ask people. I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I used to. Yeah. I used to really enjoy it. I've been trying Pilates recently. Oh nice. Yeah. Trying to get some strength and fitness. Yeah. Are you doing reformer Pilates? I do di- at the moment I'm doing some reformer and also barcore.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I which I'm really
2: enjoying actually. Yeah. Because you can really feel a difference. And I think mentally it's quite good as well because it, there's quite a lot of stillness in it where you're just moving very small movements. Yes. So you've got to really focus, which I really is quite good. That. I
0: like I as quite well. Quite intense. Yes. Mm. Okay, back to, back to your products because I get off track very easily. Okay. You're meeting someone for the first time. They've never tried your skincare. Obviously, it depends on their
2: skin and everything. Yeah, but what yeah, are yeah. some of your favorite products? I think Overnight Facial would always come up. We talked about it earlier, but Overnight Facial was one of the first six products I launched um, and was the number one seller in the first year and still is today. So over nearly 11 years. So there's a reason why that is. And so many people can slot it into an existing routine as well. So you may already have your moisturizer, your cleanser, etc., etc. But for me, and I love Overnight Facial, but for me, I think I probably couldn't live without Ultimate Cleanse. Yes. So it is just the most delicious, soft, balmy cleanser that takes everything off and leaves your skin looking and feeling amazing. And if I then go and try a cleansing milk or a water or something else, I just my skin just isn't the same so you're making me really want to use it right i now. think <laughs> <laughs> i think ultimate cleanse would be my can't live with that but then i love some of the newer products like stem cell collagen activator which is really techy. it's got four botanical stem cells in eight peptides it's a real rejuvenating serum so I think it depends. You know, we were talking recently, because I'm going to LA next week to do some work for a I couple just of got weeks. that email. Ah. I'm not going to be in LA when you are, but I just got that email. Ah, yeah. shame. Yeah. Um so yeah, so when I'm there, I'm doing a couple of talks and I was thinking about what do people want to know now? And I think lots of customers want us to strip back the whole skincare routine and understand why they're doing things. So I think I get a lot of people that say, well, I bought a serum because I read I should use a serum, but I don't actually know where I'm supposed to use a serum. Yeah. Where am I supposed to put it on my face? Does it go after the moisturizer, before the moisturizer? And
0: honestly, the amount of people, my personal friends who, they're like, what is a serum? And I'm like, what? Yeah. You d- like, first of all, you're not using one? <laughs> like, the shock. I think because we live and breathe it. We exactly. think everybody knows. But then I put them on a routine, and they're like, this serum is amazing. I'm like,
2: yes. Now wait till you try an essence. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's an education, isn't it? Without being too complicated. But yeah. I think there is so much noise out there and so much noise in skincare that people are sort of a little bit lost. So we're going to pull it back. I mean, my daily sort of suggestion routine is cleanse, serum, moisturize. So, you know, way back it was cleanse, tone, moisturize. Cleansers are so sophisticated now. You don't necessarily need a toner. If you like an exfoliating liquid to sweep over, that's brilliant. And then it's your serum, and then it's your moisturizer and your protection. And then when your skin really needs it, you bring a booster in. And your booster could be like intense hydrating booster. It could be a skin soothing, like ultra recovery booster. So when your skin's having a wobble, You've been traveling, you've been sick, change of seasons, whatever it is, there's something going on in your skin that needs an extra little boost, then you bring a booster in. And then once a week you do a treatment. Treatment could be a mask, could be a skin peel at home, any of those. And if you keep a sort of almost like a structure like that, it's really easy to manage a good skincare routine. Um, and one of the things that I have seen that a lot of people do is too much of everything. Mm. And then that isn't suiting the skin and the skin ends up with more problems. So yeah. they buy something that should be a once a week treatment, but maybe they're doing it every day. Yes. So And the combination of too many things together. So I really want to kind of pull back and just find out what is it that people really want to understand? Is it just a day to day routine? Is it how to structure your products at home? What products should you not use together? Because there are some things you shouldn't kind of mix together. Mm -hmm. And try and help people sort of navigate the world of skincare, which seems crazy. But I think there is just so much noise. We need that.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of traveling, I would love to know what skincare, if any, you do on a plane. But also, speaking of using too many things, because I travel so much, every time I pack my suitcase, I'm like, I can't take all of this skincare. Like, this is crazy. Right.
2: But you don't want to leave it behind. But I don't want to leave it
0: behind. I need my oil. I need my essence. I need my serum. I need my cleanser. I need many masks. Yeah. You know, (laughs) but maybe I don't. Maybe I don't need that many.
2: Well, I think if you have a routine that works for you, you should take it with you when you go. Yeah. Because again, I've seen many people who've said... Well, I was going away for a week, and I had all these little old samples I'd been given in a goodie bag here, or this, that, and the other, or when I bought something in a shop, and they took that, and their skin came back very unhappy. Right. So I think it's not worth, you know, changing That's probably what
0: happened to me just recently, because I never – very, very rarely we'll get a spot. And I came back from my recent trip, and I had like five humongous zits right. around my chin. I've never seen anything like it on my face. And it was because as I was using something different. Yeah, like loads of weird little samples and stuff. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Exactly. All I great that. brands, but I,
0: just together, I think the combination was
2: probably yeah. Rough. And you think, well, it's great because they're small, and I can put that as a moisturizer, <laughs> yeah. that's a cleanser, that's yeah. fine. So I think stick to your routine. Lots of products do tra- uh, brands do travel sizes. We yes. do travel sizes. Not in every product, but we do do little travel kits. That's a good tip, so, actually. So doing those. On an airplane, back to your question about being on an airplane, um, I always take something with me to clean my face during the flight, even okay. in seats, so whether it's soaked pads with something. Um, I put intense hydrating booster on. I love that product. Is it's, it just hyaluronic acid, or what, what is no, that? No, it's, uh, it's also got, actually funnily enough, it's got some ingredients in it that help kill airborne bacteria. Oh. So when I developed it, I actually thought about in-flight, so, you really put in the hyaluronic. It also has, I think, pentavitin in it, so another moisture magnet. So, it's basically locking in moisture, but it's also helping to defend your skin wow. against the environment, which is perfect for a plane. Do you fly a lot? Not a lot, yeah. but sometimes. Yeah. And quite often, like 11 hour oh. kind of flights, which can be tough on the skin. Nightmare. So, I'm very happy to sit with 3D moisture mask yeah. on so my sheet mask as frighten them <laughs> frighten them when they come around people to must give me be my next to cup to that of tea by or now something. yeah it's like whoa <laughs> um I also use liquid facial de-stress which is a mist yeah um I actually am I actually sit down and I spray it all around the seat and everything around me as well nice. so that it all smells nice and everyone yeah. goes past hmm smells really nice in here but then it is for the face for hydration and soothing so I use that as well
0: do you ever say like this is my product like go buy it no but I quite often give
2: it to the stewardess at the end I'm like oh you have it and she's like no 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 and I just give it to her I don't necessarily say it's me oh my gosh but if they're really enjoying it I'll let them have it wow what a treat. Yeah. So lots of hydration on the plane. Right. Overnight facial, if it's a night flight, I'll still put that on on a plane. Do you use that? Ev- you're not supposed to use that every night. Every night. Oh, you yeah. do use it every night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And there are some people that like to put a cream on. So they'll yeah. put a cream on top. But actually, you don't need one. Okay. It is designed to do everything for you at night. It is that serum, oil, moisturizer, yes. everything all in one. And you should put it on every night. Really? Yeah, because it's the ingredients in it, like your vitamin A's and things, If you put them on regularly, you're going to get more and more benefit as they build up in the skin.
0: Okay, so do I need to be using retinol or what? Well, that's an interesting question. Look at my face, Sarah. If I look at your face, you don't need retinol. I feel like I'm getting wrinkles in my forehead already.
2: No. Yes. Yeah. See, retinol, it depends again on what strength as well. Retinol is brilliant for smoothing out on the surface of the skin. It's good for pigmentation because it really increases kind of the cell turnover. It, an intense retinol, I would be recommending really for somebody who has quite a lot of sun damage, mm-hmm. aging skin, uneven skin tone, uh, wrinkles, lines. Okay. All of that is where you want a really punchy retinol. You don't have that. Okay. You don't have that. All right. So, um, but you could use a vitamin A product, which has a low level of vitamin A on a daily basis. I see. Because if you do that, it's going to help your whole skin cell function. It's okay. going to keep your skin looking really good. It's going to smooth the surface, but it's going to ensure your skin for the future. I'm a big believer in starting stuff early. Yes. But gently. Okay. So that's, that's the overnight facial. That's what I should be doing? You could be doing that every night. Okay. Yeah. But vitamin A, I mean, I use vitamin A in nearly all the products. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that you are constantly putting in a little vitamin A every day because every time we're exposed to light, our vitamin A levels in our skin break down and it is the most important ingredient in skincare. So in order to keep your skin looking healthy, youthful, glowing, all of the things that we're looking for, you need to be feeding it with vitamin A and ideally vitamin C and antioxidants as well. I also have a product, I don't know if you've tried it, called Icon Night. No. It's a night cream. It's really lightweight, but it has lots of new technologies for vitamin A in it. It's got an encapsulated vitamin A, which is actually closer to the vitamin A that your skin uses to get the results. But it's encapsulated so we can get it into the skin without reaction. It's quite a technical product. I love the sounds of that.
0: Yeah. And sunscreen. I hear you're very passionate about sunscreen.
2: Yeah, as any skincare person is. um, I think it's really important, obviously, we know about UV rays and damage, damage to the skin sort of on the surface, but also deeper down. But now with devices, with blue light, with infrared light, with thermal rays. Is this
0: blue light thing real? It is real. Oh, my God. I'm going to be totally fucked. (laughs) I honestly am in front of my computer. All the time. All the time. Do you wear a sunscreen every day? I do. I try. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. You've got the
2: filters. Okay. So you should be protecting to a certain degree with your sunscreen every day anyway. I see. Um, There are lots of new complexes in um, sort of skincare research that help neutralize the effects of blue light. Um, They're kind of coming out in products sort of as of now or next year, I would think. And what about, because you have the um,
0: LED light. Yes. So I sit in front of those sometimes. I don't know what they do. (laughs) Do you like the effect? I like the effect. I
2: enjoy the experience. Yeah. They are um, LED, so using red light, blue light, and near infrared are the normal three that you would use. So they're using a light spectrum that penetrates to a certain level of the skin to trigger an activity. So red light is very effective for an anti inflammatory. So it actually came from hospitals originally. So they used to use the machines in hospitals for healing. And they saw that actually it really improved the condition of the skin. So they ended up moving into the sort of beauty world. So red light is really great to sit with this screen. It has to be very close to your skin. um, And the light will penetrate, and it will help stimulate your sort of healing responses in the skin. Blue light is much more for acne and bacteria. So it helps to kill the porphyrin bacteria that sits on the skin that causes spots and blemishes. So if somebody has got acne and problem skins, blue light on a regular basis can really help to get rid of that kind of self-perpetuating spot problem because it helps to kill the bacteria. Um, And combined with the red, you've also got the anti-inflammatory. So they are very effective. The reason that a lot of people don't think they are is because it doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah, it just feels like you're just sitting there. So if someone goes for a treatment and it hurts, it's a natural psychology that, wow, that was a powerful treatment. Like
0: microneedling when I had that traumatic experience. Yes. Yes. Microneedling is
2: great. I love it. I mean, I loved the results, but that was insane. That was quite painful. Or IPL or laser or any of those can be quite uncomfortable treatments Mm -hmm. to have. So you just think, wow, okay, that's going to do something. Whereas red light, it's like sitting on the beach. Yeah, it's it feels like you great. Put your goggles on. You're laying on the beach. It's yeah. warm. It's like a
0: tanning bed if anyone's ever
2: yeah. dabbled
0: in the dark arts of tanning. Exactly, beds, but
2: <laughs> this one's the good light. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so no, they're great treatments to have. And as you say, we have the LED light pod in the yeah. boutique, so people can come in and have literally twenty minutes of light. And I must say as well, during the winter months, that's a brilliant thing to do because yeah. even though there is no proven effect against seasonal affective disorder or anything like that. There is certainly a good feeling of laying under this lovely warm red yes. light that you come back out to the gray wintry weather, you feel definitely better.
0: Oh, I don't want to think about winter right now. I really don't. So is the UK kind of your biggest demographic for customers or are you big
2: in the US? Or No, we haven't really gone into the US Okay, yet. that's
0: what I thought because yeah. when I saw this, this Los Angeles email, I was like, oh, I didn't really know if, if you were no. popping over there.
2: No, it's interesting because... We work with netaporte a yeah. in the U.S., but apart from that, we don't really do very much. Um, but a lot of my clients are Hollywood clients, yes. they're L.A.-based, they're half there, half here. And for a long time, people have been saying, why don't you come and open a clinic? Why don't you come here? Yeah. Why don't you come to L.A.? We need you. We don't have somebody like you. So I just figured it's the time to go and do some things there and just see what's happening. So I'm going over for two weeks and we're doing a sort of pop up event, um, seeing lots of my existing clients that are already there, but also others and friends of. And so starting to just sort of see what's the landscape over there? What's the narrative around skincare and beauty at the moment? What are people looking for? Right. And see where that kind of leads to. And then we'll be going back again in February because I'll be treating some of my clients before Oscars and red of carpet course. and that sort of thing. Um, so just a few trips and then we'll see. Maybe one day a clinic That's there. exciting. Well, I'll be
0: there the first week of November. So if you could schedule it around oh, that, that. I'll be, be nice. back by then. What a shame. <laughs> Do celebrities have the same kind of faces as everybody else? I just want to ask the
2: question. Of course. Oh, of course. And any face is a face in its own kind of right. So yeah. when we're doing a facial, we're just looking at the face and the skin. Because yeah. somebody said to me the other day, I don't know how you do the sort of people that you do. Yeah. It's just like, but I'm here to provide a service, which is a facial and getting the best that I possibly can yeah. for that skin. So once somebody's there on the bed... I'm looking at the pores and the yeah, you're not freckles and the that. lines and the pigment and yeah. uh, the rest of it's gone to me. So Even
0: my assistant said to me yesterday, like, did you know Sarah's done this person's facial and this person? I was like, I actually didn't know. Like, I don't really keep track of those kind of things. Right. I knew you obviously do celebrities, but I mean, it is an impressive list of people that, yeah. you, that you do. But their, their faces must be a little more gorgeous than the average everybody's gorgeous in
2: their own way. There we go. Everybody's gorgeous in their own that's way. That's so true. And it's and I think a lot of people don't know about the people that I do because we never really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I love I and, love that. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. I It drives me insane when people are shouting from the
0: rooftops of, I do this person, I do this person. Yeah. Like, who
2: cares? And it's like you were saying sort of earlier, it's like that whole celebrity facialist kind of makes me sort of shrink right. into my chair because right. that was never what I wanted to be. I never sort of set out to get some celebrities and talk about them yes. and that's why I'm good. It was more about... The treatments or the yeah. products and then because they perform the way that they do it means that I have ended up getting this huge sort of celebrity right and and sort of influential client yeah. base which is amazing because I meet with them but also with any of my regular clients the most amazing people from around the world that I would never meet in my normal day-to-day yeah. life so it's such a fascinating kind of job to have to to meet and treat people that I do. So do you still enjoy, I know we should probably be wrapping
0: this up soon, but I just have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. Do you actually enjoy giving facials still? Like, is that one of your favorite parts of I do. your business? Yeah,
2: I love it, actually, because a lot of the time it's all, it's meetings and running here and doing yeah. this and it's busy, 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 and it's all really good stuff. But actually, when I come back to the treatment room, it's that stillness and it's that one to one um and it's looking at the skin and it's the inspiration that I get from people and from the skin that kind of creates the rest of it um and actually yeah I really enjoy it it does seem like it would be a bit of a grounding experience and kind of take you back to
0: you know the roots yeah exactly what else do we have to say before we wrap this up it was such a pleasure I feel like I learned a lot and honestly if you are listening and have not tried Sarah's products Your brand is one of those few brands where I do feel like you could pick up anything and just love it instantly. It's that instant love. Oh, my last question is... Can people with sensitive skin use your products? Because there are essential oils. I guess some people have a allergic reaction to that. I mean, if or? you
2: had an allergy to essential oils, okay. no. got it. Although there'd be some products you could. Okay. Because we don't use essential oils in them. We use a rose extract from water, rose ah. water. Um, so, yeah, sensitive people use the products. In fact, all skins. And where can people buy your products, Sarah? Through our own channel, so sarahchapman.com. We have everything on there. Also yep. Space NK. Yep. Netta a porter yep. harrods harvey nichols selfridges lovely and maybe la fantastic. at some point in the yeah, future yeah, very maybe. exciting
0: thank you so much for being on the show sarah i thank really you. love talking to you
2: thank you